Welcome to the Daily News in Brief podcast. Today is the 30th of July and this week's main story is The UK government is prepared to impose new travel rules on international destinations straight away if coronavirus infections are found to be running out of control. Speaking to Sky News on Wednesday, the Culture Secretary, Oliver Dowden, said further announcements on quarantine rules would be made as soon as ministers thought the risk has materialised, as the UK cannot risk importing the virus from other countries where incidences are rising. While Dowden would not confirm which countries could be next on the quarantine list, a report in the Daily Telegraph suggested ministers are monitoring the spikes in the number of infections recorded in Belgium, Luxembourg and Croatia. While Boris Johnson has insisted some parts of Europe are starting to see signs of a second wave of COVID-19, the Spanish Prime Minister has slammed the UK's travel rules as unjust. The UK government changed its advice this week to recommend against all non-essential travel to Spain, including the Balearic and Canary Islands, throwing the holiday plans of thousands of Brits into disarray. Those returning to the UK from Spain must self-isolate for 14 days or face a fine. Spanish leader Pedro Sanchez has called the decision an error and claimed tourists in most Spanish regions would be safer from COVID-19 than they would be in the UK. However, figures from the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control show the rate of infection in Spain stands at 35.1 cases per 100,000 people, considerably higher than the UK's 14.7 cases per 100,000. A review of Britain's airbridge system is due to take place on Friday amid criticism from leaders in the travel industry. The chief executive of Heathrow Airport has criticised the government's approach to changing travel rules and called for ministers to introduce a passenger testing regime or face playing a game of quarantine roulette. John Holland Kay said introducing testing at airports would allow for a reduction to the 14-day quarantine rule for UK arrivals and enable firms to safely open up travel. However, the Culture Secretary has insisted testing for COVID-19 at the border is not a silver bullet as the virus can incubate over a period of time, meaning some of those infected could initially test negative. Meanwhile, British health officials are attempting to contain domestic spikes in infection. On Tuesday, measures were imposed in Oldham to stop the spread of COVID-19 following a dramatic rise in cases. New data shows 114 new cases were recorded in the borough in the week to the 24th of July, equivalent to more than 48 infections per 100,000 people. Residents have been told not to have visitors in their homes and to abide by two-metre distancing rules when outside as the town attempts to avoid the imposition of a strict lockdown that was seen in Leicester. Meanwhile, the EY Item Club has said it may take until 2024 for the British economy to return to pre-lockdown scale. According to the forecaster, which uses a similar economic model to the Treasury, the UK economy is on course to shrink by 11.5% this year, a significantly larger contraction than the previous forecast of 8%. The forecaster said UK consumers had been more cautious than expected in the wake of the crisis, while diminished levels of business investment are expected to dampen growth. As a result, the Item Club estimates Britain's economic recovery will take 18 months longer than previously projected. The forecaster's research was followed by a separate report from the London School of Economics warning Brexit is likely to deliver a double shock to the UK economy. The report suggests a simultaneous impact from Brexit and COVID-19 will be felt across the British economy from the autumn and could worsen business conditions in sectors that have so far come through the pandemic relatively unscathed. 
On Tuesday, Selfridges joined retailers announcing job cuts in the wake of the crisis. The upmarket department store said it plans to slash 450 jobs, around 14% of its total staff, after forecasts indicated its annual sales are on course to be significantly less than last year. Managing director Anne Pitcher said Selfridges had been forced to make fundamental changes in the wake of the coronavirus crisis. Writing in an email to staff, how we work, shop and socialise is changing. The announcement follows news that the number of people claiming unemployment benefits per job vacancy has increased fivefold. Research by the Institute for Employment Studies has indicated approximately eight people in Britain are now claiming benefits for every job opening, up from 1.5 people per job before the outbreak began in March. Elsewhere in the world, the World Health Organization has warned the pandemic is continuing to accelerate internationally, with the number of cases worldwide doubling in the past six weeks. In Europe, fears have grown of a potential second wave of COVID-19, with Germany, France and Belgium introducing curfews and other social distancing measures. The head of Germany's public health body has said he's very concerned by rising infections in the country and claimed the German public had become negligent in their compliance with distancing and hygiene rules. Germany recorded 633 new cases of the virus on Tuesday, nearly double Monday's rise of 340. Several countries in Asia have also issued warnings amid rising levels of new coronavirus cases. In Hong Kong, leader Carrie Lam has warned the hospital system could collapse in the face of a sharp rise in new infections. The city is regularly reporting over 100 new cases daily and is on the verge of a large-scale community outbreak. Lam has urged residents to stay at home as much as possible and made face masks mandatory in all public places. In mainland China, 101 new cases were reported on Tuesday, the country's highest daily total in three and a half months. The new figures come on the back of reported clusters in Xinjiang in the northwest, as well as two northeastern provinces. Both of the eastern provinces border North Korea, where Kim Jong-un declared an emergency this week after a defector returned from South Korea with suspected symptoms. While the North Korean leader has ordered the town of Kaesong, where the defector was discovered, to go into lockdown, officials in the south said there's no evidence that the defector contracted the illness. In the US, negotiations have begun on a new coronavirus aid package. Senate Republicans have proposed spending a further $1 trillion US trillion to address the economic fallout of the pandemic. The proposals include $100 billion US dollars for schools and the issuing of stimulus payments of up to $1,200 US dollars to most Americans. However, the package also looks to slash the $600 US dollar weekly unemployment benefit to $200 US dollars on the grounds the federal sum is too generous on top of state benefits. Democrats have contemned the proposed relief as totally inadequate. Debate on the package continued as the US recorded its deadliest day of the summer so far on Tuesday, confirming more than 1,200 coronavirus fatalities. The federal government said 21 states were now in the red zone, having reported more than 100 new cases per 100,000 people in the past week. The country's total death toll surpassed 150,000 on Wednesday. Elsewhere in the world, South Africa's trade minister, Ibrahim Patel, tested positive for the virus on Saturday, making him the fourth member of the country's government to do so. South Africa remains the continent's worst-hit country, with more than 10,000 cases being reported every day. In India, new research conducted in Mumbai has found that more than half the residents in the city slums tested positive for COVID-19 antibodies. Random testing of 7,000 people living in the densely packed areas of Chemba, Matanga and Dahissa in 
early July revealed 57% had been exposed to the virus, indicating that COVID-19 has spread more widely in Mumbai than previously thought. In UK news, the widow of PC Andrew Harper has written to the Prime Minister requesting a retrial after her husband's killers were cleared of murder. Harper was killed while responding to reports of a stolen quad bike in Berkshire last year. The 28-year-old was dragged for more than a mile along the road after becoming entangled in tow ropes attached to the getaway car of Henry Long, Jesse Cole and Albert Bowers. All three men were acquitted of Harper's murder on Friday. An old Bailey jewellery instead found Cole and Bowers guilty of manslaughter. Long had previously admitted the same charge. In an open letter shared on Facebook, Lizzie Harper described the result as a miscarriage of justice. She has urged the Prime Minister to overturn the verdict and claimed there had been suspected interference with the jury during the trial. Henry Dimbleby, co-founder of the Leon restaurant chain, has called for British nutrition to be treated as a medical emergency. In an official report commissioned by the government and authored by Dimbleby, he warned that the COVID-19 pandemic and resulting economic fallout is likely to create a sharp rise in food insecurity and outright hunger. The report, titled The National Food Strategy, has called for a range of state interventions to tackle the slow-motion disaster of the British diet. Its recommendations include extending free school meal provisions to all children living in households on universal credit in England. The report is also scathing of businesses which sell sugar-laden sweets under labels such as all-natural or no-added sugar, including Marks & Spencer's, whose packaging of its popular Percy Pig sweets was described as genuinely misleading. Dimbleby has also urged the government to seize Brexit as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to guarantee high standards for UK food and farming under new trade deals. The publication of the food strategy follows the launch of the government's new initiative for tackling obesity. The Better Health campaign was unveiled by the Prime Minister on Monday. It aims to reach 35 million people and will be supported by a 12-week plan for developing healthier eating habits, including exercise and losing weight. Boris Johnson said the initiative would be supportive rather than excessively bossy or nannying and included plans to ban junk food adverts before 9pm and end the display of chocolates, crisps and sweets at shop checkouts. Launching the initiative, Johnson discussed his own struggle with weight, including the health risks he faced after being hospitalised with COVID-19. Research published by Public Health England has indicated overweight or obese people are at a greater risk of serious illness or death from the virus. People staycationing in England have been urged by mountain rescuers not to climb Scaffold Pike, the country's highest peak. Keswick Mountain Rescue Team said it had faced a tidal wave of avoidable rescues in the Lake District over the last week, responding to 19 call-outs since the 24th of July. Staycation holidays are introducing a new type of visitor to England's national parks, the team said, with many of the call-outs involving inexperienced and ill-prepared walkers who had found themselves in life-threatening trouble. The rescuers urged anyone seeking to scale the peak to avoid taking risks and not rely solely on smartphones to navigate their way up the mountain. Grime artist Wiley has been permanently banned from Twitter five days after posting anti-Semitic messages on the social media platform. The move to ban the artist follows a 48-hour boycott of the platform by many users in protest against its failure to quickly remove the offending tweets. Twitter previously handed Wiley a temporary suspension, leaving some of his tweets visible. However, a statement shared by the firm on Wednesday said it had decided to ban the account and wipe all of Wiley's past posts. We're sorry we didn't move faster, the statement added. 
Speaking to Sky News on Wednesday, Wiley appeared to stand by his comments. When asked if he accepted the remarks were anti-Semitic, he replied, My comments should not have been directed at all Jews. I want to apologise for generalising. The family of Harry Dunn have dropped their legal action against Northamptonshire police. Dunn was killed in a road collision outside RAF Corton in August. The 19-year-old's parents began legal action against the force in the Foreign Office after US suspect Anne Sekoulis left the UK claiming diplomatic immunity and did not face prosecution. The family said documents filed for the court proceedings had shown the force was kept in the dark about Sekoulis' immunity status by the Foreign Office and could have done no more to ensure she was brought to justice. A two-day judicial review hearing is set to be held at the High Court in November after the Dunn family alleged that Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab had obstructed justice by allowing Sekoulis to leave the UK. Diane Ray, Emeritus Professor of Education at Cambridge University, has spoken out about the growing demand for private school places in the wake of the coronavirus crisis, saying, Fleeing to the private sector is an easier option than campaigning for state schools to be properly resourced and equipped, which is what should be happening. Demand for private education is said to have risen 30% since the pandemic struck. According to the Independent Schools Association, there's been a jump in the number of inquiries from high aspirational worried parents concerned their state-educated children may have fallen behind during the lockdown. Professor Ray said many affluent families sending their children to state schools had become more aware of the digital divide between state and private schools in the wake of the lockdown. In April, after schools were closed, research suggested 72% of private secondaries were providing live online lessons with teachers compared with just 6% of state secondaries. The Department of Health and Social Care and the Downing Street Task Force are reportedly considering radical plans that would see those aged over 40 contribute towards the cost of the care for the elderly. Under the plans, over 40s would pay more in tax or national insurance or could be required to insure themselves against future care costs. The funds raised would then be used to finance home-based help for the elderly or cover their stay in a care home. The proposed system is similar to those used in Japan, where everyone starts contributing once they reach 40, and Germany, where working adults contribute 1.5% of their salary for ring-fenced care spending. Chris Boardman, British cycling policy advisor and former cycling champion, has praised a new government initiative aimed at getting Britain's biking. As part of the plans, a new watchdog will be set up to ensure cycling and walking routes are up to standard and cycle training will be offered to anyone who seeks it. Boardman has welcomed the initiative, citing the health benefits of cycling as well as the positive impact on air quality and road congestion. Bike repair vouchers worth up to £50 have been made available to encourage the public to fix up their existing bicycles, although the scheme got off to a shaky start on Wednesday when the website set up to issue repair vouchers crashed. A message posted on the site initially said the scheme had been temporarily paused due to extreme volumes of traffic. A later message said the vouchers would now be released gradually. The Equality and Human Rights Commission, EHRC, has criticised ministers' efforts to tackle racism in the UK and accused the government of dragging its feet on the issue. Speaking to the BBC, EHRC chairman David Isaac said ministers urgently needed to develop a coherent strategy for combating race discrimination. They seek to understand it, but are they taking action and is this a top priority? I don't believe so, he said. Isaac also questioned Boris Johnson's decision to commission a new race and ethnic disparities review, arguing that the time for more recommendations is over. Equalities Minister Kemi Badenoch has insisted tackling racism is the government's top priority. 
Amazon Prime customers in and around London are now able to get groceries delivered to their homes for free as the online retailer challenges its supermarket rivals. Amazon Prime subscribers across 300 postcodes can now book free delivery slots for orders of more than £40 as part of its fresh grocery service. Amazon said it expected to roll out the service to multiple cities by the end of this year. The launch follows new figures revealing online purchases now account for £3 of every £10 spent in the UK, up from £2 before the coronavirus outbreak. Elsewhere in the world, the former Prime Minister of Malaysia has been found guilty of corruption in the first trial bought following the multi-billion dollar 1MDB scandal. Najib Razak denied any wrongdoing after billions of dollars were allegedly looted from a state development fund. On Tuesday, he was sentenced to 12 years in jail after being convicted of criminal breach of trust, money laundering and abuse of power. The charges relate to a 10 million US dollar payment made into the ex-leader's private accounts, with the sum only a fraction of the total funds reported to have been stolen. The changes relate to a 10 million US dollar payment made into the ex-leader's private accounts. The sum is only a fraction of the total funds reported to have been stolen. Razak has vowed to appeal the verdict. A British-Australian academic has been moved to Iran's Karchak prison, according to the Centre for Supporters of Human Rights. The rights group said Kylie Moore Gilbert, a university lecturer jailed in Iran on spying charges, has been transferred from Evin Prison in Tehran to the notorious desert facility known for its poor conditions and overcrowding. The Cambridge-educated lecturer was arrested on espionage charges in 2018 after attending a conference in Iran. No evidence of her alleged crimes have ever been publicly presented. A report commissioned by the Worldwide Fund for Nature, WWF, has revealed almost 3 billion animals were killed or displaced during Australia's 2019-2020 to bushfire season. The report is thought to be the first attempt at a continent-wide evaluation of the impact on wildlife from the fires, which spanned 11.46 million hectares, an area nearly the size of England. It found an estimated 143 million mammals, 180 million birds, 51 million frogs and 2.5 billion reptiles were affected by the fires. While not all would have been killed by the flames, scientists believe the prospects of those that survived would have been limited due to subsequent starvation and dehydration. WWF Australia Chief Dermot O'Gorman said the figures confirmed the fires as one of the worst wildlife disasters in modern history. German detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann resumed their search of an allotment near Hanover on Wednesday. The site is around 40 miles from the city where prime suspect Christian Bruckner was last known to be living. Forensic officers examining the allotment have reportedly uncovered a hidden cellar at the site. The suspect, who is currently serving a prison sentence for drug dealing, is thought to have lived there in a camper van in 2007, shortly after McCann went missing in Portugal. German prosecutors have previously said that they have concrete evidence linking Bruckner with the three-year-old's disappearance. Our facts of the week are Black, Asian and ethnic minority figures are set to appear on British coins for the first time, according to Treasury Minister John Glenn. Speaking to the Sunday Telegraph, Glenn said Chancellor Rishi Sunak was keen to support the timely proposal. 
British Jamaican Crimean War nurse Mary Seacole, and World War II spy Noor Inayat Khan are said to be among the individuals being considered for the coins. If the plans go ahead, it will be the first time non-white individuals have featured on British currency. The Pipeline's Women Count 2020 report has revealed London-listed companies where women hold more than a third of executive roles are more profitable. Gender diversity business, The Pipeline, said its research found firms with no women on their executive committees had a net profit of 1.5%, while those with more than one in three women on those committees had a 15.2% net profit margin, suggesting businesses with more female executives achieve a profit margin more than 10 times greater than those without. The Pipeline's co-founder, Lorna Fitzsimmons, said having more female decision-makers allowed businesses to better understand their customers. Author Hilary Mantle has been tipped for a record-breaking third Booker Prize. The award's 2020 longlist was released on Tuesday, revealing The Mirror and The Light, Mantle's final instalment in her trilogy about the life of Thomas Cromwell, is among the 13 nominations. Mantle has already won the prize twice for the first two novels in her Tudor trilogy, Wolf Hall in 2009 and Bringing Up the Bodies in 2012. A shortlist of six books is due to be announced on the 15th of September with the prize winner revealed in November. And finally, 54-year-old Kat Dixon and 55-year-old Raz Marsden has circumnavigated the globe on a tandem bicycle in just 263 days, smashing the previous record of 281 days. The two women set out from Oxford last June, covering 18,263 miles and 25 countries and finishing just ahead of the coronavirus lockdown in March. The pair's feat, which has helped raise more than £40,000 for charity, was officially confirmed this week as part of the launch of Guinness World Records Day. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Remember more, improve your focus, and multitask better. Hum is a brain sharpener that helps you do all three. Hum's wearable boosts your working memory and will be available in late 2021. Sign up to be notified when Hum launches and to learn more about the science behind Hum at thinkhum.com. That's thinkhumm.com. Hum is designed for healthy adults and should not be used if you're pregnant, have cognitive impairment, implanted devices, or a history of seizures. The Hum patch is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. To learn more, go to thinkhum.com. Dot com.